Amen. We're going to read a few verses of scripture here in your hearing before you're seated from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading at the 15th verse. This is the admonition of the Apostle Paul to the young minister Timothy. And uh, he tells him here in verse 15, we're going to read just to verse 19. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I want to speak to you tonight, uh, just a word of the Lord, the foundation of God, the foundation of God. Could we just ask God to bless the teaching of his word tonight before we enter into it? Lord, I thank you for the gathering of your people, your faithful people. I pray for an anointing upon the delivery of your word. Your word is already anointed. Your word will not return void. And we thank you, God, that we can rest in the grace and the glory of your precious word. I pray, God, that the word of God will be clear. And help us, I pray, to stand upon that sure foundation. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want God to build us up in this most holy faith. It's my desire, and I believe it's your desire, and if it's not, I pray it will become your desire, that the church of God will go on. You know, the church of God is not built on personality. Uh, the, God's church is not built on money. God's church is not built on, <clears throat> on people. God's church is built upon his character and upon the, what we're calling, what the scripture calls and what we're tying into tonight, the foundation of God. And it stands sure. Now, I, I want to impress this upon you tonight because I feel like uh, it, we see it in the scriptures and we've seen it in our own day and time, that there is often the case that when a person or personality or a particular concept of ministry uh, goes by the wayside or passes on or passes away, many times the people that were attached to it begin to waver or begin to suffer. And these things ought not be. Uh, the church should not be the kind of an institution that comes and goes with the whims and the uh, passing of fashions and things of that nature. No, the church is to stand the test of time and for all of eternity. And, uh, and, and so I want God to help us uh, as we seek to live for him. I want God to help us to be faithful to him. And God to help us to be uh, a separated people 
unto the Lord, holy before God. A people that study to show themselves approved unto God. Workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. People who can stand upon the rock solid foundation of truth and not waver when the going gets tough. Amen. If, uh, if I were to pass away tomorrow, I want, I want this church to go forward in Jesus' name. Uh, this doesn't need to be built on one person. It isn't built on one person. It's, it, well, it's built on one person, but his name is Jesus. Amen. And his name starts with a J, but his name is Jesus. <clears throat> and it's important that we always remember that our faith in God is not tied to people or to personalities or to even the favor that we may have in our world. Uh, we have been blessed and privileged to live in a nation where we have religious freedom. That religious freedom is under constant assault. And there may come a day when there is not religious freedom in our nation. And that should not in any way, shape, or form affect the way we live for God. We are to live for the Lord, regardless of what comes our way. You know, there may come a day you don't get a tax deduction on paying tithe. You're still supposed to pay tithe. You don't give tithe because you get a tax deduction. That's just a little added benefit. But, but the scriptural principle does not change according to the whims of the world in which we live. The foundation of God standeth sure. So this is what Paul is telling Timothy. He tells this young preacher, study to show yourself approved unto God. Make sure you're right with God. Make sure that what you're teaching is true. Uh, you don't want to teach anything that is of your own perspective. You want to teach approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You don't ever want to get in a position where somebody can call you on your teachings and you not be able to defend it and be ashamed by, uh, and embarrassed by, by being exposed as teaching something that is false. How do you do that? By rightly dividing the word of truth, letting scripture interpret scripture, letting the principles of first mention and continued parallels uh, support the truth that is being expressed in the word of God. And then he explains something. He, he helps us to understand how studying and rightly dividing the word of truth, uh, how we can continue in that vein and be productive in it. And he says this, shun profane and vain babblings. So we must, we must stay away from, we must run from, we must get, get as far from profane babblings and vain babblings. Profane babblings meaning uh, uh, ungodly talk, ungodly and coarse language. This can include everything from cursing and swearing to gossip and slander. It can include everything from uh, uh, angry comments and sarcastic snide, passive aggressive or just aggressive <laughs> uh, babblings. It's just babblings. And, and then he goes on to say not just profane babblings, but vain babblings. And he said, 
avoid these and shun these. Vain babblings means fruitless babblings. The stuff that just doesn't, it doesn't really produce any good fruit of the Spirit. There's no love that comes from it. There's no goodness that comes from it. There's no faith that comes from it. It's the same principle that he taught to the church at Philippi when he said, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, if there's any kind of a truth or things of good report, uh, these are the things you ought to think about. Well, here he's telling you, these are the things you should talk about. And the things that are not under this umbrella, don't talk about those things. Don't get caught up in the vain babblings of our world and the profane babblings of our world. They are fruitless and pertaining to the fruit of the Spirit. And notice what he says in verse 16. They will increase unto more ungodliness. Ungodliness is always the end result of profane and vain babblings. Ungodly ways begin with ungodly talk. And ungodly actions start with ungodly discourse. And so avoid it, shun it. He says their word will eat as doth a canker, or you might be, you might, uh, be uh, uh, more familiar with the word cancer. They eat as a cancer. You know what cancer does to the body. Well, guess what these kinds of words try to do to the body of Christ? It tries to destroy the body of Christ. So you, you don't participate in it. Of whom is Hymenius and Philetus? He mentions two men. We don't know a lot about them. And he, but he does explain to us that concerning the truth, they have erred. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, what we call uh, uh, just a non-negotiable. We cannot err concerning the truth. It is the truth that makes us free. When you know the truth, the truth will make you free. We are to worship him in spirit and in truth. We are to receive a love of the truth. And so we cannot, we cannot be a people of God if we are not a people of truth. We have to love the truth. We have to believe the truth. We have to know the truth. We have to live the truth. The truth is vitally important. And these men, Hymenius and Philetus, they got caught up in profane and vain babblings. These profane and vain babblings increased unto ungodliness in them. These profane and vain babblings ate at them like a canker or a cancer. And as a, uh, and as a, uh, they, they ate, it ate away at their conscience, it ate away at their soul, and they erred concerning the truth. And their doctrine was incorrect, saying that the resurrection is past already. Back then, they were saying the resurrection is over. That may be because when Jesus came up from the dead, the, body, the Bible says that many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose and went into the holy city. I don't know if that's what they based their false doctrine on. That did happen. Many of the saints which slept arose and went into the holy city and were seen of many at the time that Jesus rose from the dead. But that is not the final resurrection. I want you to know that there is coming a day when the dead in Christ shall rise. Hallelujah. When the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. 
and this mortal will take on immortality, and this corruptible will take on incorruption, and this natural body is going to quicken, and it's going to rise from the dead. Hallelujah. And that is the central, the centrality of our faith in Jesus Christ. That when Jesus rose from the dead, he is what we call the first fruits of the resurrection. But he was merely giving us an understanding that because he rose from the dead, we're going to rise from the dead. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you repent of your sins and turn away from those things that give death jurisdiction over your body, and you're baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, that name which is above every name, even the name of death, and you're baptized into his name, which means you're baptized into his body, that body is a resurrected body, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is, the, that is when the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, that is the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And if that Spirit dwell in you, that Spirit shall quicken your mortal body. Now that's what we're living for. We're not living for temporary little thrills and cheap little highs and, and, and quick little fixes. That's not what we're living for. We're living for that day when the trumpet shall sound. We're living for that day when the Lord shall return. We're living for that day when the dead shall rise to meet him in the air. Oh, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Hallelujah. Oh, you better be right with God. Be you ready. Be ready to meet the Lord. When the bridegroom calls, be ready to meet the Lord. Praise God. I, I want the church to be ready. I think that's the thing that uh, gets to me the most. I, I'm not particularly afraid personally of, of, uh, of dying because I, I, I know I'm in a win-win situation with Jesus Christ, but, but the thing that concerns me is that I feel such a heavy responsibility to preach the Word and to deliver the Word and to put the gospel out there for people. And, and so many times what, what concerns me is I want, I want to have my hand on that plow. And I want to be involved in helping people live for God. I want everybody in this room to be ready to meet Jesus Christ in the air. I want everybody listening in right now. I want you to be ready to meet Jesus Christ. I want you to be able to stand before him in judgment, clothed in righteousness, covered by the blood of the lamb, walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. If you call Tree of Life Church your home church, I want you to be ready to meet the Lord. That's, that's the thing that concerns me. And, and during COVID, when things were shut down and locked down, and there was one particular night I woke up with a panic, and I thought uh, names just started flooding through my mind. I, and I began praying for people and saying, God, help them and strengthen them and encourage them. And it was in the middle of the night, and I just I began to pray for them. And the prayer was what the Lord wanted me to do. But I I began to feel an anxiety for this and for, the, for these people. And the Lord began to deal with me and said, hey, don't forget, this is my church. It reminds me of Brother Lonnie Treadway who woke up one morning and the devil started talking to him and told him, said, I'm going to destroy your church. And Brother Treadway, pastor of many years in Beaumont, Texas, 
he said, Sister Treadway, I've got to go to the church and pray. The devil just told me he's going to destroy my church. He comes to the house of God, comes into the sanctuary, begins to pray. He said, oh, God. Said the devil said he was going to destroy my church. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you tell the devil you don't have a church. This is my church, and he's not destroying nothing. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I tell you, if every if if you walk in here, you hear what I'm telling you. If you walk in here and everybody but you has turned their back on the truth, don't you ever turn your back on the truth. Don't you ever turn your back on the truth. You don't let this world sway you into turning your back on the truth. Don't let religion sway you into turning your back on the truth. The foundation of God standeth sure. I know our world is getting crazy and weirder with every passing day, but the foundation of God standeth sure. Shun profane and vain babblings. They will increase unto more ungodliness. Their word will eat like a cancer. And there are people you can look to, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who erred concerning the truth, bought into this false doctrine that the resurrection is past already. And they overthrow the faith of some. They're influential. And they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless. One of the greatest words in the Bible. Never. Whew, hallelujah. The less. Hey, you know what the antithesis of nevertheless is? Always the more. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Tell him always the more. Always the more prayer, always the more worship, always the more faith, always, nevertheless, always the more. Nevertheless, consecration, always the more consecration. Nevertheless, love, always the more love. Nevertheless, praise, always the more praise. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, always the more. And the foundation of God standeth sure. Hymenius and Philetus can say what they want, do what they want, overthrow the faith of some, but the foundation of God standeth sure. Amen. Brother Sizemore preached Sunday, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. We build our house upon this rock, and the rock stands sure. You know, when the, the foolish man built his house upon the sand, uh, you know, the Lord told Abraham, he said, I'm going to make your children as the stars in the heavens innumerable and as the sand of the seashore innumerable. And so sand, the granules of sand, it, God likened the innumerability of people to the granules of sand. And so sand really does truly represent the, the vast collection of people. And if you're foolish, you will build your house upon the people. But if you're wise, you'll build your house upon the rock. Amen. If you're wise, you'll build your house upon the rock. If you're foolish, you will build your house upon the shifting sands of culture, the shifting sands of people's opinions, the shifting sands of what the news outlets are saying concerning this topic or that topic. But if you're wise, you'll stand upon the foundation of God and the foundation of God standeth sure. So what is? What is the foundation of God? So let's, let's talk about what is the foundation of God. First of all, uh, we have to understand that the foundation of God is his existence. His existence. God exists. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Hallelujah. That he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. I heard Bishop Morris Golder, the great pastor of Grace Apostolic Church, Indianapolis, say, uh, in the beginning, God. He said, if you don't believe those first four words, just go ahead and close the book. Because everything else is based on those four words, in the beginning, God. And, and so we know that God exists. Exodus chapter 6. I want to read to you just a couple of verses of Scripture. Exodus chapter 6. And uh, we're going to read verses uh, 2 and 3. This is concerning Moses. The Scripture says this. God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. I was not known to them by my name Jehovah. I'm revealing to you a name that not even Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob understood. And that name Jehovah, we of course, that's kind of a, an English version of it. It's, it's Y-V-H-V, uh, Y-H-V-H rather, Y-H-V-H, Jehovah, Yahweh, or the self-existent one. It simply means to exist. That's why when Moses asked him, what is his name? The Lord said, I am. It simply meant to exist. I am. I exist, and he is self-existent. You have to know this about God. This is part of that strong foundation upon which we stand. Our God exists, and he exists all by himself. He was not created. He was not manufactured. He was not made up. He is not something or someone or some idea of man. He exists all by himself. He is beyond time. He is beyond space. He is beyond the universe. He is self-existent. There's a reason why he told Moses that I'm going to give you an understanding of my name. Something I didn't even give to Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. Because you're going to walk into a land that is full of intimidating principalities and powers. And you're going to have to know that I am God. And beside me there is none other. You're going to have to understand deep down in your soul that I exist by my own power. And not by the invention of anybody else. Hallelujah. And disease doesn't stop him from being God. And war doesn't stop him from being God. Nuclear war doesn't stop him from being God. Poverty doesn't stop him from being God. The Antichrist doesn't stop him from being God. He is self-existent. Hallelujah. And we stand upon that rock-solid truth that our God is. You walk into that doctor's office knowing my God is by his own power. By his own strength, not by the strength or the power of my will, but by the strength and power of his own will. That's an amazing truth about your God. Every other deity that's written about and chronicled in the efforts of man to imagine a deity, man creates 
gods in their own image, but God created man in his image. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He is self-existent. And because he's self-existent, here's something you need to understand about him. This is part of the foundation of God that standeth sure. He is one. The Lord our God, he is one. Hallelujah. Know that. Get that. I heard somebody recently say, does it really matter? Is he three? Is he one? Is he three? Yeah, it really does matter. He's not like these other gods, the lowercase g-o-d's, who need a water god and a fire god and a sun god and a moon god and an earth god and a Jupiter god and a Mars god and all these other gods, a cow god. That's where the term holy cow came from. That wasn't Harry Carey that coined that. Was that Harry Carey that used that? But, but it re- there really were worship. There were, there were worship cultures that, that deified animals, cows being one of the chiefest because of, of the contribution they give to mankind. And they were deified in the eyes and minds of people. But God doesn't need a cow God. God is God over all things, all power in heaven and in earth. He has it. All things are subject unto him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. He's not a He's not the cow God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is God, and God never changes. God is, God is one. He is one. And that's a beautiful thing to understand. His existence, his name, his name meaning I am, I am. First person and the only person. I am. You know, the prophet later would come along and say that his name is jealousy. I love that. I love that imagery. His very name is jealousy. His very, you know, that doesn't mean that his name is envious. God is not envious. Envy would mean that he wants something somebody else has. Well, nobody has anything that God needs. God is not envious. God is jealous because he knows, hallelujah, what he has to offer. And when you go look to other gods, he is a jealous God. Not because he is envious of the other gods, but because of the fact that you're worshiping gods that can't save, gods that can't deliver, gods that can't heal, gods that see, have eyes but can't see, have ears but can't hear, have mouths but can't speak. He is a jealous God and his name is Jealousy. I am. Who's your healer? I am. Who's your savior? I am. Who's your creator? I am. His very name denotes and connotes jealousy. That he is the one true and living God and there is none beside him. He needs no committee He doesn't need to delegate any of his power to any other person. There is no other person. He is the first, and he is the last. That's found 
uttered by the prophet Isaiah concerning the God of the Old Testament, and it's found in red letters in the book of Revelation when Jesus says it to John, the revelator, I am the first and the last, the beginning and the ending, the Alpha, the Omega, he which was and is and is to come, the Almighty. And the beautiful thing about this one God is not just that he has all this power, but and he does have all this power. So we're talking about the foundation of God. What about his foundation? The foundation of God is that he exists. The foundation of God is that his name is his existence and his, his oneness. The fact that he is one is part of the foundation of God. Not only is it his existence and his name and his oneness, but it is his power. I want you to know God has all power. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. Verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God forbid we would hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There is no excuse to anybody concerning the knowledge of God. You've heard me say it before, and I think it's important to note now and again, don't believe a person who tells you they've never seen a miracle. Don't you listen to them tell you that they have never seen a miracle. An atheist that gets up and says, well, I've never seen a miracle. They have the audacity to say that while they're standing in, a, in the daylight with a great big ball of fire hanging in the air, warming the earth. And they have the audacity to tell you they've never seen a miracle. Put your sunglasses on and look up. And there's a miracle staring you in the face. And look at these trees that come from the ground. You tell me how they come from the ground if you've never seen a miracle. You tell me how all of that can be packed inside that little seed that's put in the ground. Because the eternal power of God and his Godhead is clearly seen by the things that are made. And so we are without excuse. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. There's that word vain again and it's in reference to conversation. I wonder how much vain conversation we engage in. How much vain conversation we scroll through. Some of you got carpal tunnel from scrolling. Just scrolling. I tell you, you need to get into the Dead Sea Scrolls is what you need to get into. <laughs> you need to get back into the scroll that really matters. Get into this vain conversation, into these vain babblings, and, and you're going to increase unto more ungodliness. He talked about it in 1 Peter chapter 1. Vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers 
That's not what you're redeemed by, but you are redeemed, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. The idea of the lamb slain was already in place. And this is what the Bible means when it says that all things were created by him and for him were all things made. It is because everything God created was going to typify and it was going to illustrate and it was going to exemplify this lamb that was slain. And this is part of the foundation of God. This is part of the foundation of God. That God became a man. Now there are many people who will tell you that there's a second person in that Godhead. And that that second person is who became a man. And that is not true. There is no second person. The Bible never refers to a second person in the Godhead. There is only one person, and that person is the Lord himself. And when the Son of God came into the world, that was God himself who came into this world. And it is a part of the foundation of God upon which we stand. And there is a reason why as the world veers wildly into oblivion and chaotic thinking that much of what is called Christianity is veering right off with it because there is a flaw in their foundational understanding of God. Many do not realize that it was God himself who became a man. That he did not send another. He did not send a second person. God did not delegate a separate person, entity, being, whatever you want to call it, to do the dirty work of Calvary. That was God who did it. He was fully God and fully man, 100% divine, 100% human. That was God manifest in the flesh. That's our foundation, friend. That's our foundation. That's the God we serve. That's the God we worship. That's the God we devote our lives to. That's the God we raise our children to worship. He's a holy God and a just God and a loving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no. He, he came down in the form of man and he suffered and he bled and he died. Hallelujah. Yes, he was the only begotten son of God. You want to know why? Because that's who we are supposed to be, sons of God. You follow those genealogies, the son of so-and-so and the son of so-and-so and the son of so-and-so until it gets to Adam, who the scripture says was the son of God. And he gave that sonship away. And, and men and women began to operate in the frailty of human fallen flesh, cursed flesh. And their bodies broke down and died. And their lives became chaotic. And they began to act like the predatory beasts 
of the earth. And even the predatory beasts took on a nature that God never intended them to take on. Do you know that in the kingdom of God, the wolf and the lamb will lay down harmoniously together and the wolf will have no predatory instinct? Do you know that the children will play at the hole of the viper? In other words, all that killing, it's going to be gone in his kingdom. There's no fear in his kingdom. There's no hate in his kingdom. There's no malice in his kingdom. Woo, hallelujah. And you don't want to know why? Because God came down in the form of man and showed us. Not just told us through his prophets, but showed us who he made us to be. And he would, he would call unto us and say, if any man hear my voice, let him open the door. Let him open the door. I stand at the door and I knock. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hallelujah. I want you to know blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. I'm not turning this upside down. I'm turning this right side up. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. He came to reconcile the world unto himself. Who did? God did. In Christ. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Praise God. This is the foundation of God. This is the foundation upon which we stand. Now all other ground is sinking sand. Upon Christ the solid rock I stand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Hallelujah. That's where we stand, ladies and gentlemen. And in the days of the children of Israel, the book of Judges, the judge would arise, do the work of God. The people would serve the Lord as long as the judge was living. But when the judge died, they'd backslide. This ought not to be. Just because a deliverer dies doesn't mean we stop serving the Lord. No, sir. No, ma'am. 2023. Listen, some of you are, some of you have outlived some of your spiritual fathers. Some of you have outlived those who first preached the gospel to you. Some of you have outlived those who taught you how to walk with God. It's not time to throw in the towel. You've got, there's a new generation who's got to show people the way to the rock, the foundation of God that stands sure. Hallelujah. Our God is. He exists. He has all power. He created this world. He created us in his image. He became like us so that he could deliver us from the bondage of sin. Hallelujah. You know why God created you? Part of his foundation is his purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. You, you, everybody say me. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know you were dead in trespasses and sins? Hallelujah. There should never be a moment that we don't have a ready praise for God. 
there should never be a moment that we don't have a ready dedication to the Lord because we should remember the pit from whence we came and thank God every day he brought me out. He brought me out. Hallelujah. I wonder, I wonder if I could see just a show of hands of those who are the first generation in your family to serve the Lord. Could I just see that? The first generation of people to serve the Lord. God bless you. This is beautiful. Hallelujah. People who are serving God today and they weren't raised in it to serve him. But here they are today praising God and worshiping the Lord. And now their children and their children's children are serving the Lord. I want to see the hands of those who were raised in it and, 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 and your parents brought you to the house of God. God bless you for being here. God bless you for keep on keeping on. God bless you for standing upon the foundation of God. Hallelujah. I remember when our grandfather Urshan passed away and he was so, he was just such a mighty uh, uh, man of God and, and he, there was such a strength about him and such a presence of God that walked with him. And when he passed away, you know, you, you can't lose pillars like that and not feel the ground shake beneath your feet a little bit. And, uh, and we could, it, it felt like, it felt like the, the doors of heaven flew wide open and, and uh, he walked in. It's almost as if you could feel that transition happen. I remember at his, uh, at his memorial service, at the very final piece of that service was a video played from a conference he'd preached years ago. And at the end of his message, he uttered that word, that beautiful word of the scriptures, amen, amen. And he uttered it like 10 to 12 times, amen, 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 amen. So be it, so be it, so be it. And something about seeing him and hearing him say that word, the finality of his life on earth struck a chord with me. And I felt, I felt that he had moved on into the presence of the Lord. And as I considered that and pondered that, I realized the responsibility that falls to this generation. And not just to this one, but the one that comes up after us. And now I've got a little grandbaby. I thank God her parents are raising her in the kingdom of God. And we've got a little baby boy coming along as well. And I thank God that, that they're raising the children in the kingdom of God. Young parents, raise those children in the house of the Lord. Build them on the rock, on a firm foundation. The foundation of God standeth sure. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. It's who we tie to. It's who we anchor to. Hallelujah. Hey, I don't know exactly how it's all going to flesh out, but I have a general idea. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But that's all right, ladies and gentlemen, because the foundation of God standeth sure. You hear, we do not preach a defeat message. We don't preach a downtrodden message. We don't ha have our heads hang low. We're not looking for the mark of the beast. We're looking for the blood of the lamb and the gospel to go throughout the world. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come. Woo, I 
I said the king of glory shall come in. It's time for revival. It's time for worship. It's time for holy living. It's time for a consecrated lifestyle unto God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to build up this foundation. They say Brother D.L. Welch would preach on the oneness of God in Pensacola, Florida. That church, Brother D.L. Welch has been gone for years, decades. That church is still preaching the truth of God. They're still preaching the Acts 2.38 message. They're still preaching the oneness of God. They're still preaching holiness and living it. Hallelujah. And Brother D.L. Welch, they said he'd get up and he'd preach the oneness of God. If he went five minutes without getting into the oneness of God, they started getting a little worried about him and getting a little iffy there in his, in, his, in his thinking and teaching because he was just so committed, so passionate. This isn't, this isn't something to preach about to get apostolics excited. This isn't something to preach about so that we have something that we can just keep repeating and rest. No, no, no. Hear, O oh Israel. You better hear it, Israel. Hear, hear, listen. Open up your heart. Open up your ears. Open up your mind. Hear. Oh, what, a, what, a, what an emphasis that is. Oh, he didn't just say, hey, Israel, I need to tell you something. No, it was passion in that. Hear, oh, Israel, you prince that has prevailed with God and man. You prince of God. You prince of God. You children of the Most High God. You children of Zion. You children who do know his name. You children of God who do know him and do exploits. You better hear it. The, my God, that's not an indefinite article. That's a definite article. The, we're not talking about one among many. We're not talking about a figurehead in a Godhead. The, Lord, our God, the self-existent God. God, who has all power is one Lord and don't ever forget it and anytime you anytime you read about the father and the son you just simply know he is one and in case you had any doubt Jesus lets you know I and my father are one Philip said, I wish you'd just show us the Father. He said, Philip, have I been so long time with you and you still don't know who I am? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Yeah, that matters. Because if you live your life thinking that God put the redemptive work of the cross off on a separate person, then you don't fully understand the love of God. No, he put himself into the nerve endings of a human body. He put himself into the capillaries and veins of a human body. He put himself, all of him, every bit of him, the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting, I feel like preaching it for just a moment, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. For in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you and I are complete in him. Who is the head of all principalities and powers. Hallelujah. My God, we are complete in him. 
That's our foundation. That's our foundation. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going with the fashions of this world that pass away. I'm standing on the foundation that will never pass away. No, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not buying into political ideologies that deny God and denounce his righteousness. No, sir. No, ma'am. The foundation of God is where I'm going to stand. If I lose friends, I lose friends, but I'm standing on this foundation. They talk bad about me, they talk bad about me, but I'm standing on this foundation. They turn their back on me. Listen, if they stop giving tithe, then they stop giving tithe, but I'm standing on this foundation. No turning back, no backsliding, no being turned over to a reprobate mind. Holy, blameless, acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to know who's going to stand with me on the foundation of God. Come on, all across this house, who's going to stand when the world is on fire? Stand on the foundation of God. Hallelujah. When all hell is breaking loose, stand on the foundation of God. When false doctrine is being taught all over this nation, stand on the foundation of God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up your hands to him. Could you do that right now? Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I love you and I praise you. I love you and I praise you. I want to preach the oneness of God until you know just how much he loves you. I want to preach the oneness of God until you know just how holy he is. I want to preach the oneness of God until you are so convinced of his righteousness and his power and his love and his holiness that you would never turn your back on him. We don't preach ourselves. We don't vaunt ourselves. We don't puff up ourselves. We exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been listening, tuning in to all the messages that are preached behind this sacred desk. And I'm going to tell you something you can count on, ladies and gentlemen. That what comes across this pulpit, Jesus is going to be magnified. Jesus is going to be magnified. I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus is going to be exalted and glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could lift him up right now. Just lift him up right now. How many love the Lord? How many love the Lord? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> oh, yes, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands and bless him right now. Lift up your hands and bless him. Jesus. Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms they shall all pass away but there's something Say it with me. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Oh, Master, Like the fragrance after the rain. His name is Jesus. I know it's Jesus. Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. and gentlemen we've got a city to reach and the only way we're going to reach it is through the power of Jesus through the love of Jesus through the truth of Jesus hallelujah through the worship of Jesus through praying to Jesus oh yes there's just something about
his name. Let that exaltation of his name just rise from your soul. There is just something about your hands to the Lord right now if you're praying and you have your face buried that's fine too but I want us to take a moment I want us to remember how good he has been to us don't ever forget how good he is don't let the cares of this life choke out what the Lord has done in your life I want you to take a minute and look around and count your blessings. That's the foundation of God. That comes from standing on the foundation of God. Oh, hallelujah. If you haven't prayed in a while, could you just pray to him right now? If you haven't worshiped in a little while, just, just that free flow of worship, could you do that right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, about that name. Come on, I want you to remember when he dried your tears in the midnight hour. I want you to think back on when he delivered you from the thing you couldn't break free from. I want you to think about those beautiful mornings you share with him in his presence. Oh, no, you can't move us off this foundation. No, he's been too good to us. He's too good. He's too good. He's too good. Oh, he's too good. He's too good. He's too good. He's too good for me. I will not look to another. I will not look to another. I will seek only after him. I will seek only after him. I will seek only after him. Oh, blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. Oh, blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. Come on, somebody. That's it. Recommit yourself to the truth of his word right now. 
recommit yourself to a life of worship, to a life of prayer and consecration, to a life of holiness unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of your grace. For the riches, for the riches of your kindness. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
meant to read to you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I read all of that to read this, that in the ages to come, my God, Brother Brandon Jordan, we haven't seen anything yet. In the ages to come, beyond this life, beyond where we stand, should the Lord tarry, we all have an appointment and then the judgment. But don't fear and don't fret and don't worry because in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom toward us through Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you what's awaiting us. In the ages to come, his exceeding riches of his grace, his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, you better believe I'm going to stand on this foundation. Because in the ages to come, it's grace and riches and kindness. Hallelujah. You better believe I'm going to worship him with everything I have. And I'm going to, I'm going to give him everything I've got. Because I'm, I'm not living for just right now. I'm looking at the ages to come. There's so much grace in the ages to come. There's so much kindness in the ages to come. There's so many riches in the ages to come. Oh, hallelujah. Your goodness is running after. Your goodness is running after me. If you know that his goodness is running after you, come on, lift up your hands again and give him praise in this house. He I want some people to just, I want some people to get caught up for a moment in the goodness of our God. Come on, get caught up in the goodness of our God. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He is gracious and kind and full of tender mercies. Oh, come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give him praise right now. Let's give him praise right now. Hallelujah. If you could see in the Holy Ghost, you'd see there was an aromatic smoke of his glory. If you could see in the Holy Ghost right now, you'd see just an aromatic, fragrant smoke of his glory. I wonder if we could give him a wave offering like we're just pushing that smoke around, filling up this house. Hallelujah. Lord God, fill our lives with the fragrance of your goodness. Fill our hearts and our minds with the fragrance of your glory and your goodness. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your holy name. For you have done great works. Hallelujah, you have done mighty things. Hallelujah, you brought us up out of a deep and a horrible pit. You set us up upon a rock to stay. You put a song in our soul today. A song of your praise. A song of your grace. A song of your goodness. A song of your glory. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My heart, my heart doth meditate upon his goodness. God, God, we thank you for being in this house. God, we thank you for being in this house. Bless each and every individual. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let the fragrance of your spirit fill our mind, our heart, our day, every day. We give you the praise and the glory and the mighty and the matchless name that is above every name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. I, well, you know what? We are going to go ahead and we're going to give a little bit of an offering here. We're going to keep on doing that on Wednesday nights. And the, the plates aren't up here at the moment. We're going to go ahead and collect it. I'm going to put a little something down here. We're going to keep on giving to the things of God. If you want to do that before you leave, you're certainly welcome to do that. I do want to tell you, tune in on YouTube or on Spotify or on, on other podcast platforms. Podcast app to the Fruitful Vine Podcast. The Fruitful Vine Podcast is a podcast we just began just two weeks ago. There it is right there. Amen. And, uh, and this is going to be a blessing to you. It's every Tuesday morning. There's already two episodes out. And so we want you to please feel free to tune in and, uh, and share it with your coworkers. Share it with your friends. Let's get the word out that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest thing the world has ever known. Amen. God bless you in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for being here tonight. Find somebody and tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. And just bless them in Jesus' name.